And I think the most important thing is like, it's like curiosity. It's anytime I'm writing a piece of copy or doing a video, the whole point is to get people to listen or watch or read more. And that's right. all it is. Right, it's right. like, if you have, like you said, the best call to action, it doesn't matter if they don't get that far. Right. So it's the constant testing is how do I get people's attention and then keep their attention? We make mistakes every day in basically every facet of life. Wouldn't it be nice to just skip a few? We'll help you fuck up less. Listen in. Welcome back to Small Inputs, Equal Large Outputs. I'm your co-host, Angelo, sales god Perone, and uh, my co-host here, Bob, the real sales god Thompson, is stepping in, <laughs> laying the hammer down, and we're just uh, we're jamming on sales right now. Um, um, our Case Connect sales rep is... Um, Bob's brother-in-law, soon to be brother-in-law, and he's staying in town with Bob. So Bob's getting to sit here and teach him how to close like a top G. Um, so we're just jamming on. Well, the I forgot. Record. I forgot that because uh, last night I was like, "Where, where are you working tomorrow?" Because <laughs> I was like, "I like working." And I was looking at a Frank Kern thing, and it, it really uh, like it posted it, and it, it just spoke to me so much. He's like, I just, most of my working day is in solitude. And I was like, that's, that's what I love to do. I love to work in solitude unless I have like this or a, a, I guess a sales call or a coaching call. Otherwise it's just me by myself, quiet, writing, thinking, strategizing, building. And For so the I, record, I, I don't I like solitude. I like to be involved in everything and everywhere. And I like chaos around me when I work. So we're polar opposites. I know. I know. Like I just like, <laughs> well, and it's interesting because there's been times where I, I didn't mind having like people around. But anyway, I think I told him I was working upstairs this morning since he's crashing at the house since we're getting married next week or I'm going to get married to his sister next week. And uh, so I came down. I was like, oh shit, we got this. Good thing you clarified that because it sounded like you were getting married to John. Yeah, not married to John, marrying his sister. <laughs> but uh, I came down and he was on the, he was on the, I thought, honestly, so that was the thing. I thought it was a sales call at first. And that's where I was like listening. I was like, okay, like this is the sales call. And then probably five, 10 minutes into it, I realized this was just the triage call. Like he was just setting up the the sales call. They He had good rapport uh, with yeah. the dude. Like they got along, they, they broke out, they vibed out. And it was also, I think that's- He does really well at that. He connects with people like- Yeah. He's got that. Yeah. I think it's an intangible thing. Like people, you know, sometimes you either got it or you don't. He's got that passion to want to connect with people and likes people. And I feel like that's yeah. such a good asset to have as a salesperson. If you learn how to channel that and like tone that down a little bit and you have that just like general want to be like, you, well, it's you the, find it's, interest in people. Yeah. It's the difference. Like a couple of weeks ago, Z had never seen Wolf of Wall Street. I was yeah. like, we got to watch this. It's a good movie. Like, let's watch it. So great movie. But you think about like that boiler room, hardcore kind of selling style, which is what most people when they think about sales. That's what people get on like, uh, Right. You know, it's like, hey, it's like I'm kind of fake befriending you just to really give you this amazing opportunity. Whereas, especially if you're in a service-based company where you actually have to like, you're not just selling somebody, taking their money and never seeing him again. Right. Like at Wolf of Wall Street, like here when you're working with them, it's, and this was kind of something that, jo- uh, that we were I was jamming on him with last night is you want to, like when doing the sales calls, it's easy. And I think a lot of people do, they make these grand fucking promises. They do, they say all this stuff. You're actually setting yourself up for failure down the road 100%. if you don't. Because he was like, "Yeah, Angelo gives like people like full, like candid transparency. Like if you don't do this, you won't get this." 
And I was like, well, yeah, because you're working with these clients. You don't want to set up these false expectations where, especially nowadays, it's not, you know, it's not 2015 where you can just like throw an ad up and people sign up. Like you actually have to do the work. You have to follow up. There's a lot of people that are skeptical about a lot of stuff. So you actually have to work this up. And then you got to deliver. But if you tell this person, yeah, you're going to get all these cases. It's all going to happen. You just got to spend money on on ads and we're going to deliver them. And then they don't do the work. Then they're not going to be happy. They're going to blame you. And it is your fault. John says so sometimes he doesn't know why people sign up after they talk to me. Like I literally tell them that it's not going to work. You're not going to get this. That's not going to be this. And it's like sometimes I like set those lowest expectations. And he's like, I don't know why that guy signed up. <laughs> well, it's, it's and I think that's part of like with, with like with John. It's like you're actually connecting with the person on the other end. You're like, hey, I actually want to help you. I want to make sure that we can help you. So yeah, would I love for you to sign up? as long as you're a good fit and you understand what you're getting yourself into. Right. It's I was, I was talking to somebody yesterday cause they reached out cause they were interested in potentially franchising uh, their business. And you know, what was one of the things I think with franchising and maybe indirectly helped me when it comes to doing other forms of sales and all the sales in the gyms for a long time was, well, maybe it was actually from the gyms because we were doing the when we did the the gyms, like we would tell them if you're gonna lose 20 pounds in six weeks and be able to get it for free, like you have to work out five days a week. You have to follow the nutrition, you know, plan that we give you the you know, and all this. Right. You have to like make sure you sleep. You know, you don't do any of those things, and yeah, you're not gonna get the results. And then it's not so like we are being very truthful and candid with them. But uh I think with there and then within franchising, when I learned like when I was talking to them. You know, it's like you can't. You, I just saw of a of a, a lawsuit going against a a franchisor right now, and who knows if it's true or not or or whatever. But it was like uh, some of the franchisees alleged that he made these grand promises that you're going to make X and this is going to be your profit and this is how much you're going to work. And the reality is, I I was taught very quickly, especially with that because of how regulated the industry is, that like you can't make any of those promises. And I think a lot of internet marketers, you know, kind of people that are coming up, they're just like, how can I make the most outlandish guarantee, then sell them? And then, cause they go through this. I was talking to, you know, even, you know, I help somebody that's like an online trainer and the way that actually two of the trainers, online trainers, the way that they were taught to sell, it's a constant feast and famine approach. And I think that's what so many people they don't realize. And I think we learned this within the gym game is, what if I could just keep my clients forever? <laughs> like, so if I'm going to on my on my sales call, you know, I'm actually going to find out: Can I help this person? Are we going to get along? I'm right. going to ask those deep questions. I'm going to be very clear in like this is why we're the best out there, but right. also what you need to do in order to be successful. You know, within well, whatever I'm going to teach you or do for you. I don't want to keep trying to acquire clients every month. I want good clients. I'm going to keep them. So I'd rather not just yeah. start off. It, 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 it like in the beginning, I just want to sign everybody. Now oh, yeah. it's almost to the point where like, um, you know, I just, I want to set super clear, stupid expectations and I want to just get the right people in. It's more work yeah. to just get a bunch of bad people in and sell them. They don't work and they give you bad reviews and they bitch about you and they complain about it and they're commenting. It just didn't work for me. It's like, yeah, because you sucked. So like, I think that that, I mean, as we progress in business, like we're like, we're good. Yeah. I just want to bring on more good clients. Yeah, I'm probably gonna have to, sun's coming up over here and i think that's it looking like ghosty first start, dog i know i think it's like when you first start you have to uh you know you do that you're like i need to get 
you know, because I, I don't, you don't know who almost your ideal client is, especially if you're new of some, of some degree, you're like figuring it out. Then you realize that you're actually doing them and yourself a disservice if you actually bring them on. You know, I was talking to a, I was talking to a guy yesterday because he reached out because, you know, he saw uh, some of the results we were getting. And I was just like, dude, we can't help you. That was cool for the organic post you were talking about. Yeah. 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 So like, I just feel like, cause I, I mean, we, we see that all the time. And I was like, I should probably share this more. I actually don't do a good job sharing that kind of stuff. And especially when I know like we're getting two to $5 leads for gym owners, you know, and plenty of gym owners are like getting 40 to $50 leads. I think that's fucking good. So, you know, anyway, so I was talking to him. He's like, Oh, like it worked other stuff. I want this. And then as we just dove in, I'm like, dude, I can't like, unless this ain't going to work, dude, I was like, you need to change the way that you actually operate your business. Otherwise we can't help you. I wouldn't feel comfortable because here's the max capacity that you're going to be at. You know, here's where we're going. Here's what we're going to do. Like, We'd actually, if we ran your ads, we would we would break your system. We'd break your business. And then you wouldn't be able to fulfill. And if that's the model you want to keep, that's totally cool. But it's not going to be aligned. And I think there's more limiting belief. So I real, I was like, man, one, I actually, because he was more of a, a BJJ school, martial arts. So I actually referred him out to somebody that was more in that space. I was like, listen, like, you know, hopped on here. Because he's like, you told me before that you can't help. And I was like, yeah. But I was like, let's hop on anyway. We, we were chatting again. And it's the same thing. It's, uh, we couldn't, we weren't a good fit for them. I like you the right thing too. You actually referred him to somebody that could help him too. And I like, like, yeah. I, I, I cool just says, like, if it's not a good fit, like, you know, I'll let you know and I'll, I'll refer you to somebody who can help you. You know what I mean? And like, dude, yeah. it's like, sometimes like, people use it as a sales tactic to like bring people's guards down, but it's like, I mean it, dude. Yeah. Well, it's like, cause you, if you've worked with enough clients, like if you're just getting going, you're like, oh, I'm going to try and help this. I know, like, could I help this person hundred percent? Would it, we just weren't on the same level, like, you know, not same level. We weren't on the same wavelengths of where we're best serving people. Same thing with gym owners. If certain gym owners don't have the beliefs or the desires yet, and they come into the consulting program or they come into like the, the agency side of things, like we're not going to be actually able to help them. And we might do them more of a disservice because where they need something else at their current level, you know? So for instance, if we're bringing people on where we just run their ads, you know, they're in the agency side, we straight up tell them like, if you don't have experience running ads to cold traffic, if you don't have a proven sales system, you know, if you, if you haven't, you haven't done this successfully already, we're actually not going to be a good fit for you. Yeah. Because, you know, running, you know, getting leads, is one thing like somebody could get $5 leads and somebody else could get $30 leads. And the person that gets $30 leads has a better sales system in place. You know, everything else being the same, they have the same nurture, like let's say automated nurture setup, AI nurture right. setup. The person with the proper sales system in place is going to be successful with the $5 or $30 leads. The person you could get if they don't have a good sales system in place, they get $5 leads. They, they could still not have success if they're not used to selling to cold traffic. You know, if they're used to only getting organic, you know, people coming in. They're only used to getting referrals and stuff. You know, it's funny. Like we were just talking about like, uh, like we we're talking about this. Like I was actually talking to somebody yesterday and he was talking about like why he wants to do more business with me in the future. And he was like, I've been watching you over the last like year, nine months or whatever it was. And he's like, I've been watching how you work and everything. He's like, one thing I like about you. And he's like, I, I, I do business, and like, but I analyze the way you operate. And he's like, from the get go, everything you told me was true. 
He's like, you set really clear, low expectations and you exceed them. And he's like, and then just everything you told me to do that I didn't do, when I did it, it was like successful. And he's like, you're just like, mm-hmm. you were just, ne- you're, he's like, that your ability to like set clear and low expectations and over deliver is like a quality that I really liked about you. And that's why I wanted to move forward and do business with you. I, w- I wouldn't say it's setting clear, low expectations. I don't think you set. I think I I do. I think you set the. I, I think you set the proper expectation. You, you set the proper expectation. Yeah, but it's it's like it's because the reality is you have to sandbag at this point because when you did it in the past, setting normal expectations, then people wouldn't put the effort in. Bro, I don't even tell people what normally they can get. I'll tell people like you're gonna. I'll tell them it's like pretty bad. I literally sandbag. Like if if on average you're gonna convert fifteen percent, I'll tell them they'll convert like eight to ten. I was like, you'll probably walk yeah. with two to three cases, and when they walk with five to seven, you're like, holy shit! Yeah. I literally fucking if I could get them to sign up under like the worst case scenario, which that's what I tell them is gonna happen, then they and our retention rates have been ask John, our retention rates have climbed like fifteen percent over the last two months. Yeah. Again, I don't. I think then that what that sounds like is you were setting too high of expectations before. You weren't setting clear expectations before. I don't think it's setting low expectations. There's a culmination I think it's of two a, things. It's what yeah. we talked about with, with with the onboarding and the process and getting the buy-in and doing it, yeah. right? And like I think yeah. that has helped along with setting. So if I set realistic expectations now with the new yeah. processes, it would probably be easy. But so now we're getting yeah. better results for them because of the, the onboarding and we're setting lower expectations. So they're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. You told me three cases. I got yeah. nine my first two weeks. It's like- Yeah, blows them away. Yeah, yeah. that's I think- I think that's a, and I've come from, I, I've been so guilty because you get, especially when you first get into like direct response style marketing, all these massive claims and these big hypes and stuff like that. And then you realize you're like, when I do that kind of, when, if you think about the kind of client that you could potentially attract yeah, and how it's you're the person that's looking for that miracle you know, you're doing them a disservice and you're doing you a disservice. So then that has been one of the things now is I constantly contemplate is how can I make the most boring of claims or offers? And this is like the struggle as the marketer is like, how do you do that and get it to still convert well? And the cool thing is once you're like, you know, with the, once you get your business to a certain level, you can kind of get away with it, you know, where, you know, for instance, if you have a gym, that you're already doing 40, 50 K a month on recurring revenue, you know, your churn is super low. So in the reality is you're like, Hey, I'm actually not trying to, I'm, I'm looking to now just add clients that are yeah. going to replace the people that leave on a monthly basis. You know, that could, in theory, you could take a different approach to it. You know, it's tougher. You know, we are like, Hey, I don't need to get 20 clients this month. I just need to get five clients this month. So in your marketing, it could be, you're only going to attract the person that like truly, truly gets it. You know, with a lot of other marketing, especially if you're growing a gym, you are speaking to, especially when you're doing traffic on like Facebook or TikTok or whatever, where it's more disruption-based marketing, not search-based. Like you're letting the person who didn't even realize they had the problem understand they have a problem and you have the solution for them. At I this still point do that time, kind of marketing, marketing though because if there's people in your system, you just disqualify them, but then you, you own them now. You own yeah. their number. You own well, their email. They know about you. I, yeah, dude, I, I'm the same way. I don't say that. I, like, that's what I'm saying. It's like it's the – it's the thing that I, it's more of a thought that I've had more and more is especially, and we kind of talked about this last week is with the offers that are getting more and more outlandish, how does somebody stand out by going in the opposite direction? Yeah. So if, I mean, you guys own your offer and you own your market space pretty well. 
So that's like one thing. So it's like, if I was going to be going maybe into your market, I would be trying to do a completely different offer. That's why I look at my, you know, I look at our marketplace right. and I look at all the outlandish offers that all the gym owners are getting where it's like, well, what's the opposite direction I should really go on that? Because if everybody's promising, then I, you know, I still fall guilty. Am I just creating another me too offer or am I creating right, an offer right, that's right. actually going to cut through the mess and, and help our ideal client? And that's kind of the stuff that I think about. But at the same time, you know, it's like, you also have to make an offer that's super compelling, Yeah, you know, yeah. or the more, I think the more trust you build in the marketplace, the more credibility you build in the marketplace. And that's where, whereas traditional DR, you think about how can I, how can I turn my dollar into $5 today? And if there's no brand building, like yeah. brand style building is I'm investing this dollar to give me $5, five years. From there's now. branding built into that. Cause people see you and they recognize your name based yeah. off of it's there's, it's, well, yeah. So, and that's where like, I start thinking now, it's like, Hey, you, you mess around, you test stuff. But at the same time, one of the best things you can do, even if you're not getting any traction yet, is just to keep marketing. You know, for us, our, our ads are crushing it. So it's working really well, but I'm right. also being in mind, I'm keeping in mind, like, I'm just going to keep putting more and more stuff out in the marketplace right, right, just right. because how many, even as a, as a gym owner, I see somebody's ads pop up and then I see them go away 60 days later. I see that Dude, another I person come ads. up. And Facebook they go has away. identified me as your ideal client because I get served your ads every time I log on. But like, I don't know if you have like Dynamic Creative with fifty-seven assets in it because like I get hit with it. You got a lot of stuff, and they're good. They're like I I, I see them all Dude, the time. They're really good. We have we have uh, some campaigns are doing dynamic. Some pan- campaigns are ABO. We have so much. Like just this morning, I have one guy. You know, because this is this is where I think some of the differences and I learned this, uh, doing more D to C style marketing for, yeah. or learning on how to do it for the supplements and stuff. The big dogs are just testing like crazy. Not enough people test. They put up one piece of copy, one image, one creative, and then they're like, or one video and they just let it go. And they're like, that oh, doesn't work. I have a backlog. So I have a guy on the team where I just give them headlines, ideas for stuff. I'll share with right. them. Like, Hey, here's a really good creative that I like this. And just about every day, he's he's producing more and more, depending on the offer, stuff like that. Like just this morning, I sent him more ideas. So he we constantly have images. I do a decent job of getting videos done, not as good as I should be. And then I write a ton of copy. You know, so we have, I think what last week or two weeks ago, I wrote for every single different offer. So right now we're running a lead magnet uh, to a Facebook group, and then to like. Uh, you know, the video. And then, so I wrote new copy, probably five pieces of copy each for each one of those. And then I wrote a uh, copy just for a direct to call booking. So direct to calendar booking that we have right. launched yet. So I have, I have, I think I wrote five pieces for that. Then I wrote, Hey, what if I just wrote, I think I wrote 22 different hooks and leads with three different bodies that could be used for any of the offers. And then I wrote like three different calls to action, depending on the offer on top of all that stuff. So I share that because there's a shit ton of assets for ads that we, we haven't yeah. even used yet. And I'm, my goal is just to constantly keep producing more and more to then have to force myself. Cause there's, there's different levels of testing. There's audience testing, there's yeah. offer testing, there's creative testing, you know, there's hook testing. There's all that stuff that, you know, we're doing. And I think that's part of the fun of being of media buying is constantly testing that stuff. 
I want to ask you a question on that. I was thinking about this the other day, like using the ads and the bodies. I because I feel like question for you, like hooks, probably the most important thing of your ad, right? Yeah, yeah. The lead, the hook is the most important. So, like, I was thinking to film like multiple hooks and just throw them all in the ad I have running right now. Just keep filming like new hooks and just chopping it on the front end because I, I think the body's good and it doesn't really like. And I was thinking to just like. Because we tried that new hook, you saw like the chick screaming, and it went fucking nuts. Like that, that uh-huh. was like killing it. So I was thinking about like do one like opening a mailbox and like oh my god, and opening the mailbox live and pulling the check out. Like just do like five different hooks and just throw it on the same video. Like all well, different scenes, so that, all different stuff. It's like, and that's what like so what uh, uh just so we kind of take a step back, like platform wise, um, I think Max Finn has his three by three by three method, and. Three especially leads, three came about call to actions so like you know three leads three bodies three call to actions because especially with tiktok yeah is how quickly creative burns right. out and it's like the most important thing because if you don't have a good hook then they're not going to watch watch or read the rest of, of whatever it is right, right so right. yeah you can kind of get you can mess around like almost get a standard piece of body because if you're especially if you're testing you're like hey what hooks what leads are really or even like, it's like, what hook is really going to get my prospect's attention? So I can work with different problems or wants or whatever, put in different, uh, you know, test out different hooks while using kind of like the same body copy. And then once I maybe find a hook that works really well, then I can start messing around with like different leads, you know, messing around with different leads. And then I find some leads that work. Then I can mess around with different yeah. bodies and stuff and see what kind of influence it's going to have on it. But yeah, the most important thing is it's like the it's the it's the lead, it's the hook, it's the you know of your the, video, your body your, and call to action would be great. But who's going to listen to it if they don't stop you, right? Yeah, like that's so the it's whole like if you point, have something that's you, converting right now, but it starts to burn out, just throw a bunch of new hooks on it. That, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, so that's like if you have something like if you have something that's really working, you're like, hey, I know that this kind of thing. And if it's somebody screaming, it's like, hey, that's that disruption. What are things that I can do to really get people's attention? Right. You know, and there's like different things that you can test in within the videos of, you know, bringing in people that look like my ideal client, people that not look like my ideal client, something that's going to be surprising. And I think the most important thing is like it's like curiosity. It's anytime I'm writing a piece of copy or doing a video, the whole point is to get people to listen or watch or read more. And that's all, all right. it is. All it's right. like, if you have, like you said, the best call to action, it doesn't matter if they don't get that far. Right. So it's the constant testing is how do I get people's attention and then keep their attention? So right. constantly testing. And like, so what I was doing when I was really, uh, and we're about to start, I'm about to launch ads again for the supplements, but it's testing you know, you could have, and there's a lot of, like a lot of companies that do this. Like, let's say we look at, and maybe I'm wrong on this, but like, let's look at Obby, awesome supplement company. What um, is it? They, Obby, O-B-V-I. And so the guys that started it went like zero to 30 million in like three years. And a lot of it is like, they just have a really cool team. They came from Shreds, I think it was, and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it wasn't that company, but it was something like that. But what they do, and what I've noticed when I take a look, they do a ton of creative testing. So a lot of in, in media buying, especially if you're using like Facebook or TikTok or whatever, like the creative, it's your video, it's the image. Even now with some of the targeting changes that have happened, that is doing the targeting for you. So like your your creative is going to make sure it's going to like, so it's what are the images you're using? What are the, the words, the text that you're using yeah. in the actual creative to do the targeting for you? But what they do is I noticed like I took a look because they do a ton of testing. 
is they'll change the images. They'll change the, the hooks on the mm-hmm. images, but it might be the same fucking text. And you're like, oh, this is really basic copy. You know, and it's like, but their CPA is really good and they're constantly testing. And that's like the biggest thing. Because the other thing you want to do is when you're testing in your ads is not, you don't want to change every variable because you're not going to know. So if you already know, like, hey, here's my piece of ad copy that's really going to work, you know, I'm going to test, you know, or let's say you have a, let's say you're, you have a video that works really well. You can keep using the video and then maybe test different ad copy, short versus long, different hooks in the ad copy. Because the most important thing in your ad copy is going to be the first one to two lines. Because nobody even sees so it. They're going to click more if they don't. That yeah, resonate. so it doesn't matter. Like, you could just boom, boom, and then go right into what you already have, like, you know, the rest of the, the body copy. Um, changing just the – so anyway, so, like, that's where they started doing that. I noticed, like, that's – so that's what I do. It's like I try and produce a ton of new ad stuff so that every yeah. week we're constantly testing. We do the same approach when it comes to local ads, and this is one of the reasons why we outperform everybody. Yeah, because we don't. I don't want to wait until it burns out. Right. I want to constantly like if I have stuff that's winning, I want to be able to scale that, and then I want to iterate on. And I might know, hey, this hook is working. What are different variations? What are different ways that I could say this hook? What right. are different ways that I can say it better? What can I test it like deeper? Like when I was doing the, the. the but you green. can cycle it in before it burns out, so you can always bring it back. Like if you burn exactly. it out, you can never bring it back. You can, yeah, and that's like the like so many people just wait for the the offer to burn out or the creative to burn out. But if right. I have something that's like in a winning campaign and I know that right. this campaign is working, right. well, then I can put a little bit of the budget to testing so I can see, oh, this copy is resonating more. It's this hook's resonating. These kind of images, these, these uh, videos do a little, you know, are better. And then I can get it cranking and then I can put it into a scaling campaign, you know, yeah. and stuff like that. So you always should be testing. Yeah. And especially, I mean, we still test a bunch of interests um, for our ads, uh, but there's some people that don't even test interest. So they just test the creative back to what you were saying about like the creatives, the most important thing now, even especially with like the iOS changes and everything. I, I get asked all the time by like some of the people that buy leads from us. And like, what is your targeting? What is your targeting? And it's so funny because everybody's just like, gets crazy about targeting. And I'm like, dude, cause I'm new to advertising. I'm new to this. I'm very, very green. I couldn't even tell you we were on a call. You're like, you don't have a VSL. I'm like, whatever dude, it's a video and I'm selling something. I'm like, well, I don't care. You kept, like, yeah. yeah. Like, I was like, technically this isn't a VSL. I was like, a video that's selling something to me is a VSL. But like, yeah. I'm very, very green, right? And what I like realized is like, that's helped me because I'm like, all I have to focus on is writing good copy. And I think that beats all targeting, all the other tech. Like people are so focused on tactics, 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 instead of like writing good fucking throat grabbing copy. And well, that's what matters really. I 100% agree. And I still Targeting can enhance like, it. It's like supplements in a fitness program. It's like you don't want to work out and you don't want to eat right, but you're going to take the supplements, right? Like yeah. targeting is like supplements to a good routine. You got to work out right and you got to eat right. And then the supplements are the targeting. Well, so and that's exactly it. And it's, nowadays it is different. So with, with a lot of the platforms using a lot more of a, you know, essentially it's like it's the data. It's what it has in the account. So like, that's one of the things. Like, if your account, if you spend a shit ton of money, your targeting is so much better, especially if you've been doing it for a while, because you have all, all right. that data in your right. account right. that the platforms then can go use and go find it. Right. And so, whereas back in the day, there was like targeting was, especially if you were a smaller account. Like, this is kind of the argument is with the targeting 
not being as good of a tactic and strategy for media buying as it was back in the day, does right. it really hurt those smaller accounts? Because usually you're just, you're letting the platform's data do it for you. And if your account doesn't have a lot of data, like you're not going to be able to get clients as, you know, right. acquire clients as, as cheaply. So targeting it's, I think it's still actually, it is, it is important, but it makes it where it goes back to true advertising. It's your copy. It's your video. It's like, that is going to be the story that you're telling is going to be significantly more important than the targeting. Like back in the day, you could find a really like your I hear like a, 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 uh, an audience that nobody is targeting. So you right. could put it right in front of them and like right, you could right, make, right. speak out your message directly. So you could get anymore. away with it. Whereas now it's like, it, that's just not, it's not as powerful. So you do have to just have like good shit. So good offer, good creative, good yeah. copy. Then you need to test those things consistently in order to, you know, cause I was like, when I first was running ads for the greens, the first month we were just throwing shit at the wall and I burned through, like, I, I think our, our return on ad spend was like 0.5 or 0.4. Yeah. So I remember like, you know, we, I, 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 I bear, you know, again, I just, I just lit money on fire and that doesn't even include any of the cost of goods in there too. So then I realized that I was like, I need to change the testing approach. So I did, I did a lot of like audience-based testing. And then I also noticed the biggest effect though, was with the, you know, we tested the, the hooks and then, you know, once I kind of identified some audiences and then hooks that were working, I could then really dig deeper into that and the creative into that and the copy into that. And then I could mess around. Actually, I think I changed, I think I hit my offer. I think I'm, I, once I started finding some stuff that worked, then I started messing with the offer. Yeah, that's the one I thing at a time because you don't know what ha- – yeah. like if you change 15 things, you're like, what, yeah. what the cat f- worked? And like that's the other thing that like some people don't even realize too is like sometimes like it's – they'll blame the ads when it's not even an ad issue. You know, I was talking to somebody recently and they have a, a direct-to-sale product and I was like, dude, you're on Facebook ad metrics are actually really good. Yeah. I was like, it's the page that sucks. So if you want to increase conversion, you know, you want to decrease your cost for acquisition, your cost for lead, like take a look at what's happening. Because if your ad, if your ad ads are good, like it's, you know, the, the click through rate is good and all of that. You have like good CPMs, good cost per click. Well, that means the ad's doing its job. The ad yeah. is not to sell. Just like, you know, the start of this call, like the triage call, it's like, it's a pre-sell, but it's not to actually sell. Like you don't actually sell until you're going to sell. So my my ad is selling the click and that's what it's trying to do. Then it depends if it's going to a, you know, book a call page, then the page is selling book a call. If I'm selling a product then the page has to sell the product or whatever, you know, it is you're selling the action that you want to happen. Then, you know, if they get on a call and you have a two call close, the first call is selling the second call. Then the second call sells them into the program. So you have to be really kind. And a lot of people try and skip over that. But if I have ads that the click through rate is good, the the cost you know the unique click and everything is good yeah then I, I you know it's like i could fuck around with that all day but it's the pay and that was one of the things that it clicked for me actually when i was running you know with the the subs i was like man like i kept messing around with the copy and i kept messing around with the creative and i was like actually this shit's performing really fucking good yeah yeah and i was like let me start looking at the actual page and i started messing going to the page and it was small stuff it's i was like oh I'm noticing that what I'm selling, what's selling the click isn't when they come to the page, it's different. So let me just, 
change yeah, gotta be congruency you know the headline all the way through yeah and create yeah. that congruency and then all of a sudden that increased conversion and then i was like right. well if i'm getting them there because i was actually in my ads i wasn't using the offer to sell yeah i didn't want to do that for the supplements so that's when i started i was like all right i'm getting them over there let me mess with the offer on here yeah. because i was doing like uh i think i had a originally it was a one three six package for the supplements and then i went to buy to get one yeah. and then all of a sudden like conversion went up aob went up then i would mess with different headlines and i mess with different above the fold like setups yeah, yeah. and all that stuff and that like was huge and i would mess with like other stuff on the page too but like that was where i i eventually I, you know it's probably the same thing with guys like you identify you're like i know the offer that's working i know the hooks that work i can always test different hooks but yeah. it's like you know you have to look at the page conversion you know i did that with um you know, because I was like, man, you know, I, we had a campaign that just wasn't converting for the gyms for Gym Academy. And I was like taking a look and I was like, fuck. I was like, this outbound click through rate's really good. Yeah. And I was like, the cost per click is really good. I was like, it's not the ad. I was like, so let me take a look at the page. And sure enough, like the page was converting like shit. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right, let me like, well, I'll start running some some split tests. Let me start making these changes, and then I, I do think it comes stuff, to, dude. We've, yeah. I find like just a headline. Like I'll literally just split test headlines all the time for MVAs. Yeah, and one will be like thirteen percent, the other one will be three, and I'm like, what the fuck? And then yeah. in a different state, it'll be opposite. Like that one worked thirteen percent. I'm like, it is like no rhyme yeah. or reason to it, but yeah. You're like what the heck? You know, I'm so sorry. that's where, and that's and that's where I think a lot of people. You just have to get obsessed. You have to look at like the full funnel. And it's the same thing going back to, you know, it's like, oh man, these leads aren't any good. Well, then you look at it, it's like, well, you're, you're trying to sell them on a triage call and you haven't even like showed them that you understand their problem and that you can solve their problem. You know, you're, right. you're try essentially like, that's where a lot of people, they try and like, it, it, I know, I, I think you and I have talked about this, it, you know, Fitz and I talk about this a lot in the gyms. It's, you know, it's essentially it's dating. You know, so many people, right. you wouldn't go on a date with somebody and be like, hey, welcome to our first date. The first time we're talking, we're going to get married at the end of this. But yeah, you're or just walk up to a like, girl at a bar and be like, yo, you know, let's go bang. bang. But like, actually, that probably would work today in today's society. Eh, well, it's the same thing. It's like <laughs> every once in a while, you could have the worst sales process in the world and you're still going to get lucky if somebody was already sold prior to them getting on there. Right. Like that, there is like, there's a spectrum. But it's just because it works every once in a while isn't doesn't mean it's the best and best method to use. So I think that you know that's the same thing. So it's like, hey, you know these leads aren't any good. Well, what's right. your follow up process look like? What's your sales process look like? You know, maybe that's the. It's really looking at the full process to understand. You know, or like, hey, you know, we need more leads. We need more clients. Bro, you want it's you want like, a new actually lead, a new client for Legion. Well, well, yeah, I, I'll take I one. just had somebody call Hapro. I won't give his name on the stream, but he says uh, the yeah. guy just called the gym and wanted to know how he can buy a Legion. Boom. Put him in touch. Boom. 90% finder's fee. Let's go, baby. You heard it live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, put him in touch. Um, the other thing is that, uh, you know, but like going there, it's some people. I was actually talking to a, um, a guy earlier in the week. And we were digging in. I was like, yeah, dude, your cost per lead sucks. And you, you definitely need more lead flow. Yeah. Uh, your cost per was, but I was like, dude, your cost per lead sucks, but your cost per acquisition is awesome. The problem was- it's the only metric so that matters. His cost per acquisition for the gym was 45 bucks. 
I was like, listen, man. And then, but when you dig in, it's like, hey, dude, you're acquiring clients for 45 bucks to spend more money. And fuck, like, you're like, I need more clients to sign up on a monthly basis. The reality is, though, he was losing a ton of money, even though he was only acquiring the client for 45 bucks. Their first month, he was like, it was a, a $20 a month play. Oh, so yeah, it's like, yeah. hey, you're losing, you're losing money for the first month. So the reality is without like going in a deep dive math, like you're going to have to wait. It's, you're not going to make profit on this till second month, maybe mid second month or possibly even like the third month. I was yeah. like, so if you can, cause I was like, you know, you're already losing a shit ton of money a month. So do I want to tell you to spend more money? So I was like, honestly, your acquisition is pretty good. What you could always mess with the offer. You're you know, not going to lounge so that, I'm, I'm not going to, cause I'm fucking lounging too. Well, I got this new sweet ass fucking couch. So, dude, it's a nice but setup. It's like, I'm gonna bring, dude. Fuck yeah. that. Watch this shit. I'm gonna do this shit fucking live. There you go. Podcast. Yeah, dude. So just a conversation. All right, but yeah, so, so like, can you still hear me? What? Yeah, I can hear you. You're a little, you're a little like echoey and low. All right, fuck but, that. I'm not gonna do this. But, yeah. but that's, so, see, that's better. So I actually, but yeah. So when we looked at it. I actually the, all the metrics you're talking about I actually just started implementing because I was doing it like based off of like my thoughts and that's not well, the way to do it and I, I have my my neighbor's an actuary and he does this like for a living right oh my so gosh we're building out like yeah. we're building out a dashboard and how to track like when clients are in profit and how much we could spend for client the lifetime value and the churn rate and, yeah you know it's like I'm going to build a nice little dashboard to look at it and stuff. I know all that stuff's in high level or Stripe and stuff, but um, yeah, I'm going to build out a debt because it's, you need to know this stuff. It's very, very yeah. important because that guy's like, oh, my cost per acquisition is great, but that guy's not profitable because I'm charging 20. He's not profitable until six months. 40% of them drop yeah. off. I got to sign up a hundred people to make this profitable. That doesn't make sense. Yeah. And it's, it also depends. It's like, you know, it's like, I was talking to the dude and I was like, Hey, based off of, you know, so I was like, can you afford to continue losing money? He's like, no. So it's, you know, he doesn't want, you know, he, so he thought his issue was a cost per lead issue. He needs to get more right. signups. So the reality is, honestly, your cost per acquisition is really good. Yeah. The issue is that you're, you know, you're, you're losing money. So ideally, we'd like to get you to be break even or profitable when somebody signs up. Like that's what yeah. I would prefer. Or, or very but then also the reality is, is like his, his attrition was too high. Right. So we're like, based off of how many people you're signing up in a month, like here's where you're going to cap. This is your overhead for your business. So the problem is like, yeah, we need, you want more clients, but you have the fact that you're losing money to acquire this client. And then you're actually not keeping enough of your clients on a monthly basis so that you're just going to stay, you're stuck in this spot. Like here's your max, his overhead for his gym was high as shit. Yeah. So it's like the reality was you're going to cap and eventually break even. So you have to change your shit. So it's sometimes it's truly understanding. It's like, yeah, taking a look at the whole thing. It's like, dude, you need to change, you know, you, even if your offer, you're bringing him in for something where it's $20 for 30 days, you need to be able to get them to break even, Yeah. you know, so you're breaking even on acquisition so that you can make it to month two to make money or like, cause that's also a different game. If going back to kind of where we were talking about earlier, if my gym is profiting, my business is profiting and I can afford to lose, like, that's how you can win. Right. I can afford to lose clients for X amount of months. Like that's how, you know, Biotrust went to nine figures in the first years. They knew they could, they were, they, they could afford to lose money until like month three or something like that. Then they were, they would start making money on the client. So it's like, but most people don't understand the data in their business and they don't understand like, Hey, where's it going? What are we doing? They're just like hoping and 
a lot of time maybe we think it's a lead issue and it's like, yeah, could we get this person lower? You go like, like someone, off number, someone off of your gut and it's like, it's like managing like, business through your bank account balance. It's like, it gives you a kind yeah. of an idea, but it's like, you can't, your gut, if you don't even know, like you, like for, I think for you and I, like we can kind of like, Hey, this is, we can get an idea of like where the issue is, yeah. but most people don't even know. So it's like, Hey, if my, I don't know why I keep saying like, Hey, but you know, your cost per acquisition is really good. So if it costs me 45 bucks to acquire a client, then I need to see how I fucking break even. And that's excluding all the other, the, all the other stuff, you know, and all the other cost of goods and stuff like that to deliver cost of services and all, you know? So if some people, you just got, you know, I, don't know. I, I can't even remember how we even got on this fucking topic. So now my brain's dying, but yeah, I have no idea where I was going with that. We, did we no we, idea. Uh, we, it's two, two people with ADHD. It's fucking great. But no, you need to know you need to know your numbers based on like you know I don't know cross for acquiring client. I think we covered a lot of topics today. I think one of the most important ones that we shot away from was the John thing, and I wish we would have just walked back oh, yeah. and break down the sales call. Like that's like a, I was like I was actually really excited for him to walk in and we can just break down his call and what he did um, because he's he's getting better with like authority and being a little more authoritative and and matter of speaking like matter of factly. I guess well, that's I think a thing. it's. One of the things I talk to Josh a lot, like when we talk to some of you know people that maybe are getting a little bit newer to sales, like I think you should have a script. I think you should have a framework, but yeah. you also have to remember you're having a conversation. Sure. So we have to make sure, and I think sometimes this happens to a lot of people, is the other person's talking and they're actually not even listening. Right. And we're just waiting so we can state our comment. Right. You know. So I think sometimes I hear, I, I heard that a little bit in. This dude was actually giving him really good gold that he could have connected with and like fucking just pre-sold him like hell. But he yeah. was just waiting for the next kind of line in his script. Yeah. So he and was, as he was listening to respond, not listening to like yeah. truly understand. Yeah. So when there was like different ways for you, so you have to have a little bit of fluidity, but then you have to be able to, to control it, take that through, like understand the path that I'm taking this call and this individual, you know, to set it up the next thing. But I think the biggest thing though was I think – you know, there's a couple things that I was listening to that I think would be like super beneficial. I actually, and it was, it was very timely because I was listening to like a, something I've been thinking about a lot for the gyms. Yeah. Um, but then I think about for every business and this is more, you know, when you're looking at marketing as a whole, a lot of people are just me too businesses and that's totally fine and that works. Right. But when you can identify like this unique problem and then actually have a, like a unique mechanism of like why then your product or your service works compared to everything else, even if they tried all that stuff. And not a lot of people have that, especially if you're selling, this is where you almost get commoditized when you cannot separate those things. Right. right, right. So I think there has to be like, you have to almost like break like beliefs of certain things. So that I was, I was listening a little bit and we can jam on that like later. Cause I don't have it yeah. like the thoughts fully fleshed out but I think would really, really help like, cl- like close significantly more. Uh, essentially you're like, and maybe it is. And again, I didn't hear the sales call. I thought yeah. I was listening to a sales call. Then I realized I was listening to a triage call. Yeah. Um, so, you know, so I think there's like, there's like, Hey, asking those questions, identifying the problem, identifying what they need help with, getting them really excited to let them know, like, that's exactly what you can help with. And then like, right. but that's the, getting them hyped for the next call. It's not like, you know, cause what I heard was we're going to, you know, sell you. I need you to say yes or no, but there was no real hype about what the person was getting on the, on next the other end. Right. 
Like we're going to show you yeah. exactly how you've been stuck doing XYZ. I'll show you exactly how yeah. like, our system is going to help you be yeah. able to bring them in consistently and like why it's different than anything you've seen before. Um, yeah. You know, because you've been stuck at three, yeah. like blah, 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 blah. And then yeah. that, and, and then like, cause there has to be, and I always tell, I was telling the Hapro guys, like they were having trouble getting people to show up for the appointment. I'm like, well, why would they show up for the appointment? I was like, well, to lose weight. I'm like, yeah. well, what's in it for them? Like oh, hey, we're going like- to identify where you're at or where you're looking to go, where you're at and identify exactly what's been holding you back. Right. From getting there. Yeah. And then if it's something we can help with, we'll get you signed up. But if not, you know, we either point you in the right direction or you'll leave with a great plan that you can get started with on your own to start working towards your goals. And then like, yeah. okay. And, and I was like, and true. And I'm like, don't just say that, but truly give them, like if they walk away, like, Hey, I understand, you know, if it's not the right time or not to blah, 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 or it's too far, or whatever it is, give them, this is what you need to do. And then what they're going to do is anyway, give them it, be a good person. They're going to go, they're going to fail at it. They're going to come back and let you do it later anyway. So like just provide a well, ton of value in that appointment. Yeah, that's it. Uh, too many people are very transactional. And that's what Josh says a lot. It's like, you know, it's, you know, when we, when we realize people maybe are struggling on sales calls or struggling to get people to show up, it's like everything you do is transactional right. and that resonates with the prospect. You know, but like if you're not getting and one of the things that you said a while ago, too, and this is what I actually I recorded a training last night on, on like increasing shows. So somebody said they're like, you know how to get shows. But one, we looked at the data and actually the show ratio is actually good. Yeah. His closing his lead to close ratio is really good. It's like, hey, like sometimes we get caught up in looking at the wrong things. But then also we have to ask ourselves, and I got this from you is, you know, what is you know, especially if, we, if, if somebody's opting in online, like they're window shopping. Right. You know, right. so what's going to happen after that? If I get somebody's attention, what is going to be the next step? We have to think about the customer's journey. Uh, I got this. I see this offer. It's really exciting. I have an appointment for a couple of days. Well, what am I going to do in the meantime? I get a reminder, I get this. You know, if I see the ad on Facebook, I'm going to go and fucking Google it. So what does my Google listing look like? What do the reviews look like? Right. What is like anything that I go and find about if and not everybody's going to do this, but some people may, you know, what is the level of excitement to show up? Is there a level of, is it, does it seem transactional? We used I to talk have to that somebody text really, with like, Hey, we're all the yeah. different meal plans. Like, Hey, we're prepping for yeah. anything. What's the one thing you're struggling with right now? We can cover in our meeting. They're like, yeah. Oh, this cool. I'll go yeah. tomorrow with you. It's like, Oh, yeah. awesome. You're going to show me that. Like just provide value to people, like yeah. get them to show up. Get There's value, a billion yeah. things competing for their shit. They booked the call within 24 hours to get to your gym from that call. Yeah. A billion other things have come up. Yeah. No, but I think that's like, uh, that's real. I mean, really, it's it's sometimes as simple as that. It's like if I did talk to the person, what level of excitement do they have? Like, what do they have to look forward to, or do they feel like they're about to be sold something? Right. right. They don't really feel like they're going to get help. They feel like they're going to be sold. And they're going to be a mark, and it's so fucking prevalent nowadays where everything is transactional for everybody. Right. And I think that's where it is. And we just have to think about it: is why should. Like, yeah, you might be the business owner and you're like, oh, I'm going to charge this person to set an appointment because they're not showing. It's like, hey, it's not about you. You're not entitled. You're not entitled to anyone's money, dude. Yeah. It's like, why didn't they want to show up? Why did they book this appointment? They get excited and then they decide not to show up. We also have to understand, like, we have to accept that there is a portion of people that are just going to get cold feet. They're not going to come and it can be frustrating and stuff like that. And like, that's to do it. But you know, then you have tons of people that do show up and that those are the people that you can help. And when you get them on there, actually listen, actually pay attention, actually care, try right. and identify what they right. need help with. Make sure that you can actually help that person right. and then tell them how you're going to help them. And like, get them excited. Right. Be like, yo, I can't fucking wait to jam with you on this so that we can do X, Y, Z. Like you said with marketing, 
the ad sells the click, the 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 land the clicks. Wait, 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 wait. Sell the click. So your ad sell the, yeah, you sell the page, click. Yeah. Yeah. Landing like, page sells so if the, the opt-in. Yeah, if we're doing a if it's going to an appointment, if I have a calendar that's for the appointment, like one, the marketing does most a lot of the heavy lifting for me. Good marketing will do the heavy lifting in a in a combination of direct response and brand building. You know, so that's what my marketing is going to do. And then if my ad is going to sell the click and whatever the action on the ad is going to be, am I selling them to opt in? I need to sell them to opt in. Once they opt in, am I selling them to book an appointment? Then I'll book them right. an appointment. And then the follow-up has to make sure that they is selling and them showing up to the appointment. And we just have to think about it like that. Not like my ad isn't, and you could in theory, like you could use your ad to sell, but then you're going to be using, you're pretty much going to be using dollars for the most part to sell. And that's where like, if you sell something low ticket or something like that, feel free to put it in. But if you're selling generally, like you're selling high ticket, this is why you don't put it in the, in the, in the price tag or like for a gym, you know, we're not, if you're not a commercial gym, if you are a private gym, or you're a marketing company or your consulting company, like you do want to make sure you have the right fit in there because right. it will impact you and impact their success. It will impact the others in there. So right. sometimes you do want to make sure you bet it and you don't want price to be the betting component. If you are selling something low ticket and it's, it is actually a selling feature because you're almost like it's, Hey, I'm using this almost as a commoditized way or it is while everybody else is selling something super high, I'm going to sell it super low. Right. Then it's like, then you can use it in there. But at the same time, that yeah, so we just want to use make sure that we're selling whatever the next action is going to be, uh, whatever outcome we want. All right, uh, piece of chicken grease. All right, brother. Catch you next week. Thanks for listening. If you're learning from us, I want you to share this with other business owners who are hustling just like you. Oh, and don't forget, give us your social so we can have all the info. See you on the next one.